dispatch, and they got it, and they got it in dispatch. This win was everything 2020 needed, and more. They have plunged. We have big things coming in 2021. My name's Maddie. My name's Charlotte Payne. This is Locker Room, ladies. Go Canes. We can't choose just one again, so we'll tell you about two ladies who are taking over the sports industry. And the puck has officially dropped, so we'll give you an NHL recap and preview what's ahead. Football is heating up as we get closer to Super Bowl Sunday, and we have our very first guest with us today to break it all down. And we've become sort of accustomed to scandals in the MLB offseason, and the Mets are facing another one right now. Plus, we'll give you the latest on Dave Portnoy's mission to help out small businesses. Welcome back. My name is Maddie. I'm Charlotte. Today I'm recording from New Jersey. Maddie, where are you? I'm actually recording from the Tampa Bay area. Go Bucks! Yes. I, I just moved. I moved to Florida, so I no longer live in Washington. Shout out East Coast. I'm back. I'm so excited. No more time change. <laughs> I know. It's super weird being back, but I love Florida. So Yay. I'm so proud of you for doing it. Thanks. It was super scary, but I love Florida, so I'm Happy to be back and yeah, super, super nice weather. Um, Washington was a fun little adventure, but super excited for the next chapter. Charlotte, can't wait for you to come visit me here. I'm so ready to do a podcast from Tampa. I'm (laughs) coming soon. (laughs) All right, Maddie, let's just briefly mention for this episode, the NFL's first full-time female referee. Sarah Thomas. She's absolutely killing it. She's making such a big impact and paving the way for women in the NFL in the future. And we're going to have a lot more to say about her in our Super Bowl episode. But for now, we'll just give you a little tidbit. I know. I wish we could talk about her for longer, but let's save it because she's so worth it. And she's just so cool. She was the first woman to officiate a major college football game, a bowl game, and the first to officiate in a Big Ten stadium. And... She's going to be in Tampa for Super Bowl Sunday this February. Yes, the first full-time female referee. Such a big deal and super excited. But like we said, we will get more about her. I could go on and on. So we'll have to. (laughs) We'll give you some more info on her as the Super Bowl gets closer. We have a lot planned for that week. So stay tuned. Well, let's just highlight one incredible woman. Valerie Camillo, the president of business operations for the Philadelphia Flyers and for the Wells Fargo Center. She was the first woman to be hired as a president of an NHL franchise and is a member of the NHL's board of governors. She is so cool. She has a really, really cool story. Yeah, she became the first woman to be in an NHL annual team photo last year. And listening to her talk about that moment, it's actually, it's kind of funny. Um, She was wearing big stiletto boots and they told her, okay, come to center ice. We're going to take the photo. And she thought, okay, wait, (laughs) how am I going to do this with these heels on? But as we know, women can do anything men can do and they can do it while wearing heels. So she just thought, okay, I'm just going to do it. Not going to try to be one of the guys, just be myself. And she did it. And now she's in that photo for the rest of time. And since then, she's really got her footing planted in the Wells Fargo Center. She's been revamping the entire way they operate there um, as a part of a $300 million transformation of the Wells Fargo Center. She's spearheaded new initiatives to revamp game night experiences. She's targeted a younger fan base. Um, and the the arena itself, there's it's going to be brand new. And COVID's kind of halted some of those plans. But they're going to have like a rage room. And how cool is that? You can go and I don't know if it's like during like in between periods or what it is, but you can go and like smash the other teams like memorabilia and oh my like gosh, that's so much fun. I want to just like even if you're not a fan of the sport, wouldn't you want to just go for the rage room? Yeah, except for I'd want to smash the flyers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that could be arranged. I don't know if Valerie Camillo would like that, but <laughs> but the NHL has actually lagged behind some other pro sports leagues in terms of hiring women. 
2019 survey found that women make up about 40% of the NHL's fan base, but hold less than 5% of its hockey operation jobs. And that kind of hits home for me because hockey is the first sport that I was a fan of. Growing up, my dad had season tickets to the Penguins, and my brother and I used to fight over going to the games. I've been going since I was probably six or seven years old. And I just remember it really opened up the world of sports for me. So it is sad that they're not seeing that same representation in their employees as they're seeing in their fan base. It's such a shame too. And the fact that a woman being in an, in a team photo of an, in any sport, the fact that that's something that we have to even talk about right now as being an accomplishment is crazy because you've been in team photos, I'm sure in your life. Like you've, we've like, come on. Why hasn't there been a female in any of these photos? It's just like pure testosterone in all these photos. And now we yeah. got some stiletto boots. And I think that's really awesome. And she is one of many who are really starting to make some headway for women in, in the NHL. It's something that really needs to be improved. I mean, again, another good step in the right direction. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully they take notes from Camillo here and, and hire some more women. And hopefully they can get that up to 40%, just like their fan base. Wouldn't that be lovely? Um, speaking of the Flyers, though, so they're the team that uh, Valerie Camillo works for. But the Flyers are also starting off pretty hot this season. I... Obviously, a very disgruntled Penguins fan watching them really take my team to the cleaners in the first two games of the season. I thought it was even thought it was going to be a little bit more exciting of games too, but the Flyers really beat the Penguins convincingly. They scored 11 points between the two games against the Pittsburgh Penguins in Philadelphia at the Wells Fargo Center. But then kind of weird, they did lose to the Buffalo Sabres. So I don't know. They did start off pretty hot. I think the Flyers are definitely a team to watch this season. I mean, it's super early in the hockey season. Obviously, we have 56 games total, and there's only been three or four for most teams. So definitely, there's there's some margin for error here, and we can see what happens. But the Flyers did get off to a hot start this season so far. Yeah, I mean, it's early. It seems pretty open for a lot across the board as we get into the season. Also early in the season, they're already the NHL is also yes. already feeling the effects of COVID like so many other sports have had the impacts. It's only been up and running for about a little over a week now and they've already had to postpone what four or five games because yeah. of COVID protocol. It's like college football, NFL, baseball even got to see it, basketball. Everyone got a little taste of it. I mean, hockey got a little taste of it over the summer, but now they're really feeling the effects of it. They just need to work out the kinks and just bear with everybody while this process goes on. And I think COVID's going to start to get a little better with these vaccines rolling out now. So hopefully they won't have to deal with it like the NFL did with a lot of unavailability. And it looks like they're postponing the games and not canceling so far, which is a good sign as right. well. Because college football had to cancel a ton of yeah. games this season. Yeah. So it, there's hope for the NHL. And Maddie, I just want to talk about the Oilers and the Canucks quickly. In the season opener... The Oilers honored Joey Moss by wearing his jersey during warm-ups. This was a special Aww. moment for hockey fans. Moss passed away back in October, and he was a legend in sports, not just in the NHL. Best buddy was Wayne Gretzky. He's another legend. Another legend. <laughs> like, he, he won five Stanley Cups with the Oilers, and he was he's just a staple to that fan base. And... They honored him so well in the best way they could. They did not end up winning that game, but they had an angel on their shoulder. Yeah, yeah still a great tribute. And I mean, the Canucks are a great team, so yeah. you can't win them all, especially when there's 56 games to play. There's not going to be anyone that's 56-0 and 0 this season. No. I, I think I can say that with... A lot of confidence, a lot of teams, a lot of games to be played. It's it's kind of early to start talking about the top teams, but we do have some teams that we're going to keep an eye on and we want to highlight for you so far in the season. 
So speaking of one of our undefeated teams, the Lightning, uh, the reigning champs of the Stanley Cup last season, coming off to another hot start. Like we just said, they're undefeated. They beat the Blackhawks in the first two games of the season, currently undefeated, and they're looking to defend the Stanley Cup title. It's early to tell, but I don't know. They're they're off yeah. to a pretty good start. I hope I don't upset anyone, but it's not much of an accomplishment to beat the Blackhawks. So we'll see how they fare going in to the season they have. Oh, they're playing tonight. They're going to play the Blue Jackets. Let's see if Ohio can pick up another win. Do we think do we think it can happen? Uh, my money would be on Tampa Bay. <laughs> but hockey's so unpredictable from one day to the next. You never know what's going to happen. There are always surprises. And and it's such a fast-paced game. So many things go into it. The momentum can change at any moment. So I, I would be curious to see. I mean, the Flyers beat the Penguins in the season opener 6-3. to three, And at one point, that game was tied up at 3-3. Three, three, so it really can change pretty quickly. Yeah. Enough about my team. Charlotte is from New Jersey. So, you know, we have the doubles over there. Until recently. We had more sports teams to root for in New Jersey, but now we just have the Devils. And I was a huge Devils fan in high school, and I've kind of felt fallen off of the hockey bandwagon, but never for the Devils. I will always root for the Devils. And they beat the Bruins, which is arguably one of the better teams in the NHL. So I love to see, I don't care who you are, I don't care what you do, I love to see a New Jersey, New York team beat anyone from Boston. <laughs> so I can't wait to see what the devil this Devils team does next. I'm going to keep my eye on them a little bit more than I had in the previous years and see what, what they've got going on so I can break it down for you guys. And then, like you said, New York teams, we got the Rangers versus the Islanders, a little Empire State rivalry there. Um, Empire struck back. <laughs> yeah, the Rangers actually had the first overall pick in the draft this year, and they lost their first game to the Islanders 4-0. to but mm-hmm. then in the rematch, they beat them five yeah. to zero, which is pretty crazy. But yeah, so like we said, it is very early in the hockey season. We'll continue with some updates, especially as we start to see some of the teams pull ahead, as I'm sure we will we'll keep you guys posted. But for now, it's just just a little taste yes. of hockey if season. If we have any hockey fans listening or any ladies or gentlemen who want to get into hockey and want our two cents, tell us and we will... Tell us who your team is. Let us know what you want to know, and we'll help you out. Or if we have any hockey experts or big hockey fans that want to come on the show, let us know. Yes, please, please, please. Speaking of people coming on the show, we have our very first guest in the next segment. But before that, let's just take a quick little break. So there are four teams and three games left in the NFL season. We're going to break down this past weekend's wild divisional round, and we have a special guest to help us do that. Danny New is here. He is a former Hurricane working and living in Tampa Bay, Florida. We got our daytime TV host right here. Shout out Danny for being our first guest of the podcast. Is that true? You are our first guest. Mm-hmm. Where this is episode three. Whoa, getting in from the ground floor. Wow. Yes. Well, I am honored uh, and privileged, and it's really cold out in Florida. For those who are listening, it's about fifty-eight degrees right now, so we're all under blankets. Yeah, we are. If you could see us. Yes. So this is this is the inaugural guest for our show. Is is there like a thing? Do you haze me? Do you have to like roast me? From now on, you will be considered a locker room lady if you're comfortable with that. I was going to be a bitch's breakdown. I want to be a breakdown. Oh, you're bitch. both. Don't worry. You'll <laughs> you'll get there. You'll get there. Okay. There but also, are. if you mess this up, this could have consequences for all of our future guests. Mm-hmm. Lots of ramifications. Oh, I could be like the benchmark for failure. Like, oh, don't go on a podcast like Danny knew. <laughs> he went out guns blazing talking about the touchback rule and never recovered. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. So first game of the weekend, Packers versus Rams. This was a game that Maddie didn't want to love, but had to. Oh, yeah. I had a Packers shirt on for this. Like, I will say I never thought that day would come because I have hated. I have grown up hating the Packers because I watched the Pittsburgh Steelers lose to them in the Super Bowl and cried actual tears as a 13 year old. And so 10 years later, I never thought that I would be able to root for the Packers. 
If you listened last week, we love Aaron Rodgers here. <laughs> Danny, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, I mean, I wanted the Packers to win only for fun. You know, I don't pretend to be a sports analyst. I only care about, as a spectator, what is going to be the most entertaining and having Rodgers versus Braze or Braze. I just combine them. Yeah, they're Braze D. Whether it's <laughs> Braze or Brady or Braze D, their love child, that's more fun. The only reason I would have wanted the Rams to win is because as someone who lives in Tampa, then that would have been the only scenario the Bucks would have hosted a game, which is a fun wrinkle because I was at the stadium a couple weeks ago and they were telling me how they couldn't start doing anything to the field yet for the big game, big Super Bowl, because they didn't know in this completely off chance where the Bucks would play the Rams, then they could not do anything to the oh, field yet. Oh, that's interesting. Now, because the Rams lost... We don't they have to worry like, about that. They can start getting ready for That it. is interesting. Oh. But now the Bucks have to play in Lambeau, which mm. interesting because, I mean, I said this a couple weeks back. I wouldn't want to play in Lambeau, like in January, because Wisconsin is known for being atrociously cold. Yeah. But Tom Brady spent most of his career in New England. So does that give him an advantage that maybe other quarterbacks that could have potentially played there wouldn't have. Like I'm sure that Jared Goff. Well, Jared Goff, it was Jared Goff didn't come from cold weather, but he turned it on. He didn't win, but he was able to weather the storm, weather the cold. And I think he did pretty well. I I was trying to figure this out because I was like, okay, I went from New Jersey to Miami. All three of us are a hurricane. And how did I do with cold weather? my first time back home for winter break after living in Miami for six months. It was horrible. It It was was terrible. So now he has to do that. He did live in New England for a long time, but he's 43, and he's been here in South Florida this whole time. Now, we did mention it is frigid here. It is 58 degrees, so it's pretty cold. So he knows a thing or two about winter weather. But (laughs) will he still be able to, like, sustain himself in Lambeau like he did in Foxborough after a year in Tampa? That's an interesting point as well, especially because obviously in his division, most of those are warm weather teams, relatively. Weather so, does play a huge factor, but I, th- what is he, 43 years old? Like, he knows cold, and he, like, I think he'll be able to. But as we saw, okay, we predicted this right, Charlotte, last week. We said mm-hmm. that, Tam- that Tom Brady, I almost called him Tampa Brady. Tampa Tom Brady. Brady. <laughs> Tampa Tom. I almost, we said last week that we thought Tom was not going to let Drew Brees beat him three times in a row. So, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is most likely going to be MVP this year. Right. So Tom Brady doesn't want to lose to him. No, but I think Tom Brady, like we were saying last week, he wants to win without Belichick. He's doing a fine job at that. I think he's going to be okay if he's losing MVP to Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Because he's already going to lose MVP to Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he's going to want to lose head-to-head. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I agree there. I saw something hilarious on Twitter, um, NFL memes, shout out. It was a tweet that said, since 1997, Tom Brady has been in the NFC Conference Championship once. And he's been in the NFC for one year. Meanwhile, the Dallas Cowboys have appeared in the NFC Championship <laughs> zero times since 1997 and been in the in the NFC for 24 years. Yeah, as an Eagles fan, I love seeing that meme. This morning. Very, very <laughs> giddy after a very disappointing year and a very disappointing offseason. I think it's just hard to believe that that Eagles team, or I mean, obviously it's never the same team year to year, but mm-hmm. the Eagles were in the Super Bowl and won in 2017 guys listen it was injuries we had a different offensive line every game it wasn't our fault it wasn't Doug's (laughs) fault it was just the injury bug we caught it two years in a row it happens all right there's a lot of virus things going on right now all right we caught the injury bug too (laughs) the injury bug hops around from team to team every year someone's played by it it stayed with my team two years in a row I didn't know that was possible (laughs) hey you guys got a pretty good draft pick out of it yay and, 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 and courtesy of, of tanking the fourth quarter of our last game, we get a, a better draft pick than we would have. Hey, is, that's worth it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, to, to keep it to Packers, uh, yeah. Bucks. I don't think I think they both want to beat each other. Well, I, I live in Massachusetts. I did a lot of ethnographic research, and every Patriots fan would tell me the same thing. They hated Aaron Rodgers because they hated 
that everyone always said that Aaron Rodgers was the perfect QB while Brady continued to win more Super Bowls than him. So they, there is an edge between these two that isn't really getting discussed. Aaron Rodgers only has one Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. And this could be Brady's seventh? Yes. He's not going to win it, but in theory, yes. Ooh, hey, you, you okay? Ooh, hot right. take. I live in Tampa. I Coming from the Tampa that. man himself. Hot take. Oh, wow. no. What did I do? Oh, no. They're going to get mad at me here. No, that is <laughs> definitive. He's not going to win it. Guys, I'm a devout Lightning fan, okay? <laughs> That's hard. Well, you know no. what? Maddie said two things. You think it's going to be the Packers, right? Um, I actually believe that the Bills will win Super Bowl will win the Super Bowl, but I think that the final two teams will be Bills okay. and Packers. And I said that about a month and a half ago. Yeah, wow. you said that earlier. Really for those who, for the OGs, I did mm-hmm. say that on the practice episode of this yes. podcast. So if you listen back to that. in 2020. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, is that the Bucks beat the Packers 38 to 10 in week six. That's like the big argument that the Bucks would win this game. So... Yes. Okay. Also, something interesting, because whenever I said my brother is a huge sports fan, like he knows an aggressive amount of things about teams that he doesn't even root for. And I said early on, I think it's going to be Packers Bills because the Bills were just starting to heat up and the Packers have just dominated the NFC, really. But my brother made a good point. He said, if you look at the Packers regular schedule, they've only beat two teams with winning records. Wow. That was before the playoffs, but they've only played one playoff game and they beat the Rams, who Who honestly, that Rams, yeah, who (laughs) lost to the Jets. The only two teams who lost to the Jets this year both made it to the divisional round of the playoffs. It's true. That's hilarious. As you can imagine, being from New Jersey, I have lots of Jets fans, friends, and they point that out. (laughs) But, I mean, the Rams' defense just did not show up to that game. I don't know. They're the number one defense in the league in a lot of categories. and Yes, but let's give a little cred to Aaron Donald. He had a rib injury during that game. Does that mean we should give credit to Drew Brees' three interceptions because he had a rib injury earlier in the season? Because he had 11 <laughs> cracked ribs at age 40? Yikes. That's how I knew that the Bucs – I was so sure the Bucs are going to win because they – they only put 21 on the 8-8 eight and eight Bears, and you're supposed to be like Drew Brees and the Saints. Like, you could tell he just didn't come back the same way. Well, that – and he just didn't – he never looked the same after he came back from that injury. No, he didn't get any zing on the ball. No zip, guys. They looked – I was kind of counting on the Saints to beat the Chiefs. That's what Bill Barnwell predicted. I, that's what I was thinking, and then yeah. they just didn't look good at all in that game. No. But – I don't know. That's that's an interesting fact that my brother did bring up is that the Packers have only defeated two teams in the regular season with winning with winning records, the Colts and the Saints. And then, of course, they did beat the Rams in the divisional round. But I think that that is kind of telling because as a Steelers fan, I got the whole overrated 11-0. Ultimately, yes, they were an extremely overrated 11-0. And I kept getting, oh, they haven't played anybody. They haven't played anybody. So, you know, I had to do some research. A lot of, they played more above 500 teams than the Packers did. But I haven't heard that comment made about the Packers that they haven't played and a lot of good teams. But looking at their, their record, they really haven't played a lot of great teams. Not to say that Aaron, Aaron Rodgers isn't absolutely monsterly right now. Guys, Bud Dupree just got hurt. The Steelers would have been fine. It was the injury bug. It went around Pennsylvania. <laughs> it did. Bowl. Yeah. Obviously, that's why Maurice Pouncey just chucked the ball over Big Ben's head. It was because of the injury bug. Yeah. Okay, I saw, I saw another tweet yesterday that said, apparently not hiking the ball 37 feet about, above your quarterback's head is a good strategy against the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who tweeted that. I'm sorry. But yeah, someone tweeted that. It was hilarious. Can I tell the audience the visual that I have right now? Am I allowed Please. to do that or no? Oh, go for it. Okay, so they have been instructed very well by a specific Edward Jubilee, I'm assuming, from the comm school of Miami that you should always have a blanket over your head when you do your audio. So they both have blankets over the head. Now, Charlotte's head, because of her Beats headphones, is holding the blanket enough where she can still see me. But Maddie, uh, the blanket is too flimsy. So she has to have a hand above her head the whole time. What I'm saying is Maddie doesn't get enough credit for her deltoid strength. (laughs) <laughs> she's surviving while holding up a blanket and talking the whole time Danny, you can only see this square of me i don't have much upper body strength <laughs> <laughs> all i, I mean, yeah. i'm working with a lot here <laughs> a 
also, even though it's frigid in Florida right now, as Danny mentioned, even though it feels warm to me because, you know, just moved from Washington, it is probably 110 degrees underneath this blanket right now in my hotel room. It feels great in Jersey. (laughs) To Cleveland. We skipped Bills and Ravens. We'll briefly talk about it because a lot went down in that game. in the third quarter. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That game also, though, three to three at half is disgusting. I know. I was like, man, there are like so many uncles right now who were like, this is real football. Gritty <laughs> winter playoffs, field goals. <laughs> that's, not how, that's not how fans like to see football played in 2021, though. But those are two teams that are known for their offense, essentially. Mm-hmm. I want to see Lamar and, Jackson run around and do cool fast stuff. Well, Lamar Jackson's not going to be doing much of anything for a little bit here. That's true. They actually did the right thing and took him out. I was yes. very surprised. Yeah. Good for them. And the Bills Mafia. We talk about Bills oh, Mafia a lot so on this cool. podcast. This is cool. I think they have the coolest name of fans in any sport. They're strong. Because when I think Mafia, I think upstate New York. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, Sopranos. I, coming from New Jersey, when I hear mafia, I always think of Buffalo, of course. Yes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, they are popularizing it in football, so we'll leave it at that. The Bills have this thing where they give back to teams that get them forward in the playoffs, which is pretty cool. So Bills fans donated thousands of dollars to Lamar Jackson's Tens favorite thousands, Like a lot of dough. Yeah, I saw that. It was super awesome that they do that while breaking tables. <laughs> Not everyone can pull it off. The charity is really, really cool, though. It's called Blessings in a Backpack, and it's he Lamar Jackson's been supporting this since he was in college, and it's basically to help communities provide food for elementary school students who can't get lunch one day to make sure that they don't go hungry. Yeah, he's awesome. It's all Bill's fans. Sad for Lamar that he did have to go out with an injury. That's never oh, how you want to see games end. Uh-huh. The fourth quarters of the two games I was most excited about ended up having an injury and it ruined the fun of it. The same injury. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like the sport's violent. I don't know. It's almost like this is a contact sport. Yeah, they're like throwing people to the ground. It's almost like you shouldn't hit someone in the head with a helmet and not get called on it. We'll get there. We'll get there. You want to just head there now, Maddie? Okay. Bitches Breakdown, episode three, featuring Danny New. Wait, did we just restart? What just happened? No, we're moving on to the Bitches Breakdown because we're going to actually dive into these games. Talk about these games. Oh, we didn't talk about those? No, no. We didn't break them down. We didn't break them down. Like, okay. 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 Bitches break down. I'm here. I'm one of the bitches. This is fun because Chiefs Browns, you know, I'm watching this as a Steelers fan. Charlotte's watching this as a Giants fan. I want to see the Chiefs win, but I really don't care that much. Like, it also kind of would have been cool if the Browns won. But Danny watched this game with an actual real life. Cleveland Browns fan. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of those. A Cleveland Browns fan who didn't know about the touchback rule. <laughs> hey, she learned. You taught her. She no? learned, uh, though. Well, yeah, well, and, it, and I'm it, sure she it, had a, a lot of opinions on it. Oh, man, she got her in here. Now, first <laughs> for a podcast. Uh, it, it was really confusing. She was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I got to the one yard line. I was like, no, no, it's going back to the 20. <laughs> and the Chiefs. Yeah, for the other team. Yeah. I mean, well, that it was, was controversial. It, it kind of reminded me of when you like, if you when you have kids, which none of the three of us have, I don't think, uh, and they ask you a question, you know, and they're like, "Why does communism exist?" And then you explain it to them, and they're like, "But that doesn't make sense. Why would they do that?" I'm like, I don't know. It was a bad that's idea. That's the way it is. Anyway, yeah, that's the touchback rule. It's a bad idea, but they went with it, and it's still here. I I will say, okay, as someone who is literally the last person that ever wants to see the Browns win a game, especially after they knocked the Steelers out of the playoffs in a like really embarrassing way. I actually feel really bad for the way this played out with this touchback. It reminds me, this rule reminds me of that rule in 2017, Steelers versus Patriots, Jesse James, touchdown pass, grabs it into the end zone, and then somehow the ball didn't survive the ground. I don't even know what that means. 
what, what was it? Couldn't maintain ball control, although it was in his hand. It wasn't in yeah, the hands. The dumbest thing. I literally have a T-shirt that says Jesse James caught that ball. And everyone knows what that ball was because it's just a dumb rule. But it technically, the refs made the right call based on the rule. This is what happened here. Right. Danny, break it down for us. What happened with this touchback? Here's what happened, guys. So the NFL needs control. <laughs> and they uh, demonstrate their control by taking away fun. For example, the Des Bryant catch for the pack game, that got taken away, even though that was very clearly a catch. They invented something called the football move, but that's for another day. So they got this guy Higgins, Richard Higgins, and he makes an amazing catch in a game that you very clearly were confident the Chiefs were going to win, and they were winning. He goes down to the one-yard line, reaches out with all of his might like he should because his goal is to get to the end zone. But when you reached out entirely laterally, you can't maintain the ball forever. Uh, And it fell out of his hands and stayed in bounds and went out the side of the end zone. It fell out of his hands because, because a defender charged True. at him, leading with his helmet. And non-reviewable because it was the last two minutes. And also, they don't review helmet to helmet. Well, also, forward. what was the thing? Um, don't run. Don't try to catch this. They're taught not to – if it's – it wasn't Don't try to reach. Don't try to reach. It, it wasn't a fourth down. He didn't need to. He just wanted to have a cool touchdown. You wanted to have a touchdown. <laughs> no, he wanted to have like one of those reach like moments. He wasn't thinking like sports center, sports center, sports center. He was. I don't know. Goal. His goal was I would be thinking that if I was out there. Sports center. We see the reach a lot. A lot of guys do yes. it. And I mean, I don't think he would have fumbled that ball if he hadn't gotten hit. But obviously you have to always expect that there's going to be a defender trying to do their job. Right. But Stefanski did say he's not mad at what Higgins did, but it was – it would have been first and goal. He wouldn't have advised right. him to reach on that play. And he, he has said before, if it's a situation like that, don't try to reach. But it's but it is a dumb rule. So let's Martyr. let's so okay. If you if he would have fumbled about six inches back from where he actually fumbled, the Browns would have gotten the ball at the spot where the ball went right. out of bounds. But because he fumbled past the pylon, the Chiefs get the ball. I don't like that. I feel like if I'm if I play for the Chiefs, me and my five foot three stature. That's right. <laughs> um, so I play for the Chiefs now. I feel like okay. I guess like any any turnover is fine, but I feel like I would rather not. They didn't need it, and I feel like it was just kind of a giveaway turnover. It was sixteen to three when this play happened. And not that you should ever give someone a touchdown because they're losing, but I'm saying like it's just a dumb rule. Like there, I feel like there has to be some sort of alternative that doesn't turn the ball over because someone drops it. Because if if that was like what happened, if you fumbled, like if the ball was automatically always turned over, but the Chiefs didn't recover the ball, they did nothing. The ball just happened to bounce out of the field of play in the end zone. So there's a couple alternatives, but I feel like we, we, Charlotte and I did some research on this and. There, there isn't an alternative that everyone agrees on. So, like, no one – I think this rule exists. There's going to be a problem with every this alternative. This rule exists, basically, because, like, no one knows what else to do. <laughs> I mean, the fact that the game ended up being decided by a touchdown lets you know that rule ruined the game. But to answer, oh, yeah. to answer your question, what they should do with it is uh, do what they always do when you're not in the end zone, which is just – give him the ball back but instead of doing it where the ball bounced out of bounds just give it to him at like the one yard line or something hot take i think they should give it to him at the 20 that's fine too i agree with the 20 all right i, yeah, I'll, I'll do I think they should be penalized for fumbling it because yes. you know you don't want to get rewarded for fumbling the yeah. ball you, know you don't what? want that I, I don't, precedent I don't want to see that easily let's meet in the middle so that'd be what's one in 20 be like uh nine and a half mm, we tried to do math last time it didn't work yeah. <laughs> at the nine oh, no. and a half yard line that is the official locker room lady stamp of approval that's the solution <laughs> just give it to them at the nine and a half yard line easy i'm down with that I, I just, it's all about fun guys and this ruins the fun and therefore it's a bad rule in the story. no i it mean it, it is a bad rule i'm pretty sure everyone who watched that game said that's the bad rule. I got a text from my dad who said, this is the worst rule in football. And again, we are diehard Steelers fans. Like we have no reason to want the Browns to score, but just being objective and watching this as a football fan, it's a bad rule. What's the controversy with the 
concussion that you wanted to get to because I didn't oh, think it was that oh, controversial. Okay. Oh, it's not I, controversial now, but it, it, do you think right. someone who gets a concussion on Sunday should be back in an NFL game seven days later? Oh, so the controversy is the next game. Is he yes. going to play? Yeah. Depends on his history. Has he ever had a concussion well, before? Yes. Oh, okay. We looked into this. Yes. Okay. Great question, Danny. Great Thank question, you. Danny. So Patrick Mahomes does what Patrick Mahomes does. He doesn't see anyone open. He doesn't have an option. He rolls out. He runs. He goes for the first down, and he just gets decked. Like, this man looked visibly shaken up walking off the field. He needed to be helped off Although the field. Although he did oh, – didn't he run, in like, into the tunnel? Mm, I don't know. It could have been a jog. It a maybe jog. it was a light jog. Just oh, I did see that. Yes, past the tent. Yes. But he needed to be helped off the field. Yes. Didn't look good. It was not a good hit, you know, definitely concerning, especially when you hear concussion protocol. But here's, here's the, here's what we, we have a lot of thoughts about this. This is a can of worms we'll open up because I would like to hear what Danny has to say about this too. Thank you. I'll give you my Okay. A concussion is clearly a brain injury. There's not a good way to measure it. It's not like he has a broken bone. You x-ray him, the bone's fixed. Like, no. cast on, go home. Yeah, no, it's it's different for everyone, but the issue is Patrick Mahomes has every reason to want to play in this next game. It's the AFC Championship. Why would he not want to play? His team has every reason to want him in over Chad Henney. Has every reason to want him in <laughs> over Chad Henney. But um, I did a story back in college on concussion protocol and the NFL and Peyton Manning went on record in 2011 saying that he purposely tanked his baseline tests. So if he ever got a concussion in play, he could come back quicker. They mm. refer back to that and they make them do the same test. So let's say you do terribly on the on the baseline test. It's not going to be a good indicator of if you have a concussion so that they can pass that test and go and there's five steps and you do it and then you get to play next week, even though you have a concussion. I'll say Peyton Manning said that in 2011, they may have improved their protocol since then. Right. right. And they they do have one thing that I think does it, help. I, think. I don't know when or if this has been around since 2011, but the the private, the independent doctor coming in. Yes. They have, yes. So the team, the the Kansas City medical team has to approve Patrick Mahomes to go back into play, and they have an independent. Um, what's what's the, what are they? What's that person Indep- called? Um, independent neurological consultant or something. Yes. They have an independent doctor who comes in and makes their decision, and he has to pass both doctors' approval. Before yes. he can play again. So and that's kind of good. This independent guy, maybe he's a big Patrick Mahomes fan. He wants to see Pat. But, like, that's probably not the case. Like, they're probably vetted. I mean, I would hope that any doctor would put someone's health over whether or not their team advances into the next round of the playoffs. But the steps, the steps are very, like, Maddie has a story of she had a concussion. Yeah, so I got a concussion in college, and obviously – it's a brain injury. It depends. There's a lot of factors that go into it. They There's affect everyone differently. Yes. But I was not cleared to do any sort of physical activity for weeks after my concussion. So the fact that they're starting them him off with light physical activity potentially already is frightening to me with as someone who who has had a concussion and still has repercussions from that injury. Right. Now, four years later. Well, Patrick Mahomes, this is not his first concussion either. Yes, yeah. he had. He got a concussion in 2014 against Texas when he was in college and he played for Texas Tech. He got a concussion. And then the next week, Texas Tech had a bye. So he didn't play again for 14 days. Yeah. So we don't know exactly how long it took him to recover, but he didn't play again for 14 days. And he did throw four touchdowns 14 days later. So maybe it didn't affect him too much. Maybe he is okay. He did tweet after the game, all good. He probably shouldn't be tweeting. Like, hey, get, tweet get him off that phone. Game, hashtag anything is possible. Yeah, or, and then he also tweeted, all good, brother, to yeah, someone. Yeah, and I was like, why are you tweeting? 
Get him off he his phone. Yeah, he should not be on his phone. When I had my concussion, the doctor said the first 48 hours are the most crucial. Essentially, you need to sit in a dark room, no bright lights, no technology. Right. So maybe I it wasn't mean, that bad. But let's say so – Maybe he's okay. Maybe he's feeling good. He's probably fine. I mean, the steps are pretty – a pretty good measure. They're like the best measure they could come up with to figure what are, out. What are the steps, Charlotte? The steps, so step one, it's based on symptoms. The player can engage in light stretching. I think he's step three now, right? Or wow. It he- sounds like Maddie didn't know the steps. <laughs> I do know thing, the steps. It's a good thing we had Charlotte here. <laughs> I think Maddie's mad that Charlotte started reading the steps when the concussions clearly are her thing. <laughs> well, you know what? Maddie had a concussion, so I don't know if she can fully grasp. She no. can't remember it very well. Yeah, I can't remember things anymore. Yeah, so I'm more reason to keep Pat out. <laughs> I, I I think Pat should play if he wants to. Let me give you this scenario. How old are you? What, 20, 24, 25, 25? Mm, 25. Yeah. Yeah. 25? So he's a young buck. Okay, so let's say you have the opera. What's the biggest entertainment thing in the country of the year? The Grammys, the Oscars, something like that. You have the opportunity to go and host it all. But you got a concussion last week. You're going to want to go, right? And when I get on stage, Meryl Streep is going to deck me. You're going to host that. But should you? There's lights, there's people, loud noises. Probably isn't the best move. Long term, it could have effects on you. 20 years from now when you're about that. You're yeah, worried about you're, getting the opportunity yeah, yeah. to live out your dream in that moment. Listen, so it shouldn't be up to Patrick Mahomes. This, I mean, no, 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 no. Let me clarify this. If a doctor clears him, then it's one Oh, day. and but, he wants to play? Yeah. yeah. If a doctor doesn't clear him, he shouldn't go. However, the team doctor, of course, is going to clear him. So now this is going to come down to him. No, it's going to come down to the independent doctor. Independent doctor. Who's getting That's paid why. by the team. No, they're not. They're not employed by the team. No, uh, they're not. I mean, but like, there might be some inside shit going they might on. Be who employed knows? by the NFL, though, so who knows? There's a chance that he is fine and that he just had to go through concussion protocol because of the hit, and he actually was like, "Guys, I'm good. I I feel fine. I don't feel like I have a concussion." Like that could absolutely be the case, and now he could play and be absolutely fine and throw seven touchdowns and just absolutely dominate the Bills. But as I said before, I predict that the Bills will be Super Bowl contestants, so I don't think that they're gonna pull out a W even with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, right. I don't know if, if the Bills can keep up with a mobile quarterback like Chad Henney. <laughs> Even on, like, I don't know, let's say, like, third and 13. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Anything else you want to add about the Chiefs, Browns? No, no. I mean, I, I said how I feel. If he gets any, clear, f- yeah. any final thoughts from watching that game with a Browns fan, with a real live Browns yeah, fan? What that was like. It was a really great test of how powerful is the force of being grateful to be here? How far is that going to take you? Because they had that last week. They're like, guys, we're not going to beat the Steelers. We're just grateful to be here. This is enough for me. (laughs) Bam! Fumble! Bam! Interception! Bam! Fumble! Fumble! Interception! Oh, my God! Now, wait! We beat the the Steelers. And the the recipe to beating the Chiefs is to have a good running game and a good defensive force of turnovers. Wait! We can beat the Chiefs! Oh, no, Patrick Mahomes is really good. Bam! Patrick Mahomes gets hurt. Wait a minute. Guys, we can make it to the AFC Championship game. Anything is possible. And then they didn't get it. So it was heartbreaking. And then I feel like all the people were like, well, it was just like, it was just a privilege to make it. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it's just, I just get to be here and just smell it. Well, now it's out of here. They're a little upset. Like, it, it's, now it's the heartbreaking way because they couldn't beat Chad Henney in the fourth quarter. So now it's heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think the Browns are a Super Bowl team yet. I think maybe in the next five years they'll be there. But I I wasn't expecting them to win that game, but they did. It did look like they had a chance. Even though I'm a Steelers fan, I still felt like, okay, it would be kind of cool for the Browns fans to see them in the AFC championship. Like this team, those the fact that there are still Browns fans that have been Browns fans forever. It blows my mind because that is some dedication. I agree with you. All right, guys. Danny, you're right next door to it. Let's talk about the Bucks and the Saints. Arr. Although this was not right down the street from you uh, last night. No. Or on Sunday night. Mm-mm. Wait, Char. All of our predictions have come through this week, right? Yes, I know. I was so excited. On Sunday, I was like, whoa! I'm going to preface this with... That was probably one of the saddest ways for 
Drew Brees to add his to end his career. Oh my god! Don't even get me started. I see. I'm. I've said this before. I'm a pretty unbiased football fan, and I am very emotional. So seeing him turn at the end of the game to Jameis Winston and say, "This is your team now." I just got chills when you said that. The moment was really cute, and yeah, I liked that. No, you're That's right. That's what it's all about. After 20 seasons, come on. I remember yeah. when he won the Super Bowl, and he had his baby with the little headphones on on the field, and you knew it was for New Orleans. Oh, it was adorable. And, you know. And now it's and now his kids Black were on the field. To the Super Bowl. His kids were on the field after this game, and it was kind of cute, also though, because even though it was such an impactful moment in Drew Brees' career, and it was the last time he was probably going to play football, he was out there um, on the field for like two hours after too. And his kids, I mean, yeah. it's just I think it's just like speaks to the innocence of children. Like they had no idea what that meant, really. Like they were doing cartwheels, they were running around, catching passes from Tom Brady. How cool! Yeah. But I mean, you know what I mean? Like, life still goes on. The world's right. still spinning. Like, it's a football game. It is sad. But he had an incredible career, and, and that one game is not going to define his career. No. He was a dude who was getting benched for 41-year-old Doug Flutie when he was on the Chargers, and then he became a Super Bowl MVP. Like, he's overachieved by miles. You're 100% right. The last taste is not usually the defining taste. Okay, so yeah. Th- this This game... The Bucks defense really capitalized on turnovers. That that was the bottom line of this that was game. game. I mean, in the first half, I was like, "Oh, the Saints are going to win. This was fun while it lasted. Like they just are a more complete team." And then in the third, second half, it was like, "Oh, Drew Brees is old." I mean, I have learned in my years of watching football and watching the Patriots and watching Tom Brady that you can never count Tom Brady out no matter how down he is at any point in the game. If he wants it bad enough, he will come back and win. So I was like kind of optimistic. Okay, the Bucks might win. I was watching it in the Tampa Bay area. I mean, you're right that I shouldn't count on any team from the first half, but Brady played an efficient enough game to capitalize off of four turnovers, but they were handed to him, you know? Oh hey. yeah, no, quite literally the Saints handed the Bucks the ball. The defense, the Bucks yeah. defense in got handed territory. the ball. Yeah. He was so, he just didn't throw an interception. That was what was so great about his performance. He didn't And he almost did, but the guy couldn't get both of his feet down. Yeah. And there was yeah. Yep. A Saints defender did catch one of his passes, but technically, based on the NFL's definition of a catch, yeah, yeah. I think they he did not have both feet in bounds. Yeah. They called it a catch, yeah, but it was clear that he didn't yeah, have both yeah, feet in bounds. Yeah, Yeah, so I don't know. He didn't, he didn't drag the foot. Brady was enough, but it was the defense this time. I mean, there are a lot of teams who get turnovers and don't do anything with them. You have to be able to score off those turnovers. But it's hard to win a game when your quarterback throws three interceptions. That was the first time the first time he's ever thrown three interceptions in a playoff game. Wow. That sucks. I like Drew right, Brees. Okay. I like Drew Brees, too. Again, I mean, like you said, though, it's not going to define his career. Yeah, but where? All right. Yeah, we wrapped that up. Let's just let's just real quick go into predictions. There's three of us now, which is fun. There's usually only two of us. Tiebreakers. And now we have predictions. Let's let's get into it. So we have the Packers versus the Bucks in Lambeau. Danny, what's your prediction? I mean, guys, the Bucks are going all the way, you know, as a Tampaite. Um, but if I could speak, okay, I am rooting for the Bucks for the sake of my job is way more fun when they win. But if we're just talking X's and O's, I think the Packers are going to win. And I only think that because sometimes I just like the base stuff on quarterback play because it is the most important position. And Aaron Rodgers is the MVP this year. And while Tom Brady did have four touchdowns or 40 touchdowns, uh, he hasn't looked that dominant in either of his two games. Like they didn't really beat the Redskins or sorry, Washington football team by much, whereas Aaron Rodgers has looked great in his game. So I'm going to ride with them this time. You guys? So was the final answer the Packers? Do I talk too much? My roundabout way kind of guy? Well, you no, said the, the Bucks, and then you gave a really good point for the Packers. Ah, yeah, I said. Ah, he doesn't want to choose a side. He's like Switzerland. <laughs> no, it's I'm picking the Packers, but I want the Bucks because I live here. But I think the Packers will win. Okay. Okay. I I am kind of torn here because I have friends who are fans of both teams, and I'm I'm just kind of down and out without my team being in the playoffs now. So I I, I own. Packers and Bucks gear. You're so scared. Think, oh god. <laughs> she's like, I just, am. 
It's a lose lose for you. I'll say what I said earlier. The Packers, the last time they played the Bucks, they lost 38 to 10. Granted, that was way earlier in the season. A lot's changed. And like I said, it's a clean state going it's a clean slate going into the playoffs, essentially. And the game's in Lambeau, so it's gonna be tough for the Bucks. I ultimately have predicted that the Packers were gonna go to the Super Bowl. So based on that prediction, they have to win. But I think that the Bucks are going to make it a game. And it's going to be a lot closer than maybe some people are going to expect. I don't think that Tom Brady is going to go down without a fight, but I'll take the Packers too. Mm. I agree with a little bit. I agree with all of it, but (laughs) I think that with everything that you said about Aaron Rodgers, we've already have established that I like him a lot as a player and a person, but you can be, like you said, you can play the best teams, but or like Danny said, be maybe the better quarterback in this season or this playoff season. But I think Tom Brady's drive is what gets him places. This is a guy who's got, what, six Super Bowl rings? He wants a Super Bowl ring in his home stadium, in his brand new home stadium for the Bucks. I think I'm going to take the Bucks because I think he wants – he, he's done it all. I've said this before. He's done it all. He has the Super Bowl. He has the wife. He's got the family. He's got the money. He's got this and that. He wants to break another record before he his inevitable retirement. I think it would be very cool if the Bucks played in the Super Bowl as the home team. Well, that's a big question, and I was asking this when I was at the stadium for weeks ago. No one could tell me the answer to which locker room would they have to be in. Ooh. Oh. What what is that based on? That one locker room, like it's just a record. If 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 it's the the Bills and the Chiefs both have better record than the Bucks, so they would be like for example, they won't fire off the cannon that gets fired from the pirate ship. That won't happen. But whether they're in their own locker room, I don't know. I feel like it's just more convenient, like logistically speaking. Like just keep them in their locker room. But also, either way, it'd be cool to play on your home field. Yeah. It'd be kind of wild to go to the visitors' locker room at your home stadium, which could. But that's also never happened. There's never been a Super Bowl where one of the teams was playing in their home stadium. It would kind of be like when you go home on winter break and your parents have converted your room into something else, like a workout room or like a library. Like I'm a guest in my own home. (laughs) Yes. Yes. They're on winter break. The Bucks. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I like your argument. So. Bills Chiefs, again, the Bills are part of my prediction to go to the Super Bowl. So by association, they have to win to go to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to take the Bills. Also, I think even if Patrick Mahomes comes back, I don't know if he's going to be 100%. And Bills Mafia, with that energy that they bring to the table, Josh Allen is not going down without a fight either. He's going to come. They're going to look electric. They're going to be in Kansas City. But I think the Chiefs are beatable. I've said that for weeks. The Chiefs have looked beatable all season. And I think the Bills are the team that's going to do it. They lost to the Raiders. And they also had a lot of close wins to teams that they really shouldn't have probably been as close as they were. So I think that the Bills are the team that's dominant on both sides of the ball enough to outscore the Chiefs and keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands if he if he plays. Hmm. All right, so just, I don't know else. I'm going to play devil's advocate against your argument. Ooh. I'm going to take the Chiefs. Even I said I went on this whole spiel about Patrick Mahomes and all of that, but I think even without him, that's a team that can go far. You said you think they're a beatable team. I think that this team, they're the reigning champions. They want to do it again. They want to do it again in South Florida, no less. I think it's going to be... I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be on the field and he's going to lead his team to victory. Although I don't think he should be out there playing. He's going to do it. I I think the Chiefs just have championship swagger. And Andy Reid is going up against Sean McDermott, who used to be his defensive coordinator. So he can predict him a little bit. Darth Vader, Emperor a little bit. He knows his Padawan a little bit. Yeah, I'm a nerd. And uh, I think in that regard, he's just going to be able to outmaneuver him and outcoach him because he's been there before. And he's been... To like six, no, he's been to, I think nine 
championship games alone, let alone three Super Bowls in his career. So I just think it's just going to come down to that. All right. We'll see. We'll see who's right. We'll, Don't we, Maddie? Won't we'll we? see. I stand, I stand by these Buffalo Bills making it to Tampa Bay in three weeks. You just want the Bills Mafia to donate to a charity of your choice. What is, what's the charity? Oh, that would be a wonderful reason. The charity for of the Chiefs' choice. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Danny's awesome. He was great to have on the show. Thank you so much, Danny. That was a blast. Um, we're hoping to have a lot more guests in the future. So please reach out to us if you or someone you know would like to come on and have some hot takes for us. But We'd love to have um, Yeah, for sure. Before we move on to Charlotte's favorite sport, we just want to give a quick little shout out to Molly McGrath, who gave birth to her son on January 12th. It was the cutest picture, cutest tweet, and our son Cute. seems like a smart kid because he came just in time to let her watch the national championship game. She was supposed to be reporting for that game, but instead she welcomed little Raymond Michael. So Aww. cute. Little Ray. Her ray so of sunshine. <laughs> yes, wishing a lot of health and happiness to her and her family. And she honestly has been killing it. She's been on the sidelines like eight and nine months pregnant. So during a pandemic. Her. Yeah, absolutely like, killing yes. it. And yeah, so nice that she got to watch the football game before she went into labor. How cute. <laughs> so cute. On to baseball. Charlotte has been waiting for this moment. It's not the best <laughs> baseball news, but it really is. We have some tea. I'm sure you've all heard by now. If you've listened this far on the podcast, you're a sports fan at the minimum, at its base level, and you've heard about Jared Porter. The Mets just terminated their new GM. He's been with them for, I believe it was like not even 40 days. And he was fired after sending 60 plus suggestive text messages and at least a couple explicitly lewd texts to a foreign female reporter back in 2016 when he was with the Cubs. And it's so sad because she never came forward about anything. She, to this day, chooses to remain anonymous because she was afraid that her career would be ruined and her personal reputation would be ruined. So she ended up leaving journalism after this happened and kept her mouth shut. Can I just jump in? (sighs) Like it, that's so sad to me, especially as a former journalist, having contacts and people to talk to on the subjects you're covering is so important. So to get that many inappropriate text messages and photographs from someone who would be a source or a colleague, if exactly. you will, is just so inappropriate. And I can't even imagine what she was feeling. And that's just so sad that she had to go through that. And then he honestly took advantage of his position because he oh, wouldn't totally. have had contact with her otherwise. And, you know, like it's her job to talk to this guy. It's her job. She she potentially could need him. Exactly. For future stories. So she so can't afford sad. to burn that bridge. So he really did take advantage of her in every sense of the word. I agree with you 100%. A huge violation of your influence and your power. And I think that the Mets really made the right move here because this is not their first experience with scandals in their in that general manager position. Shout out to them for making the right call here. I don't think anyone would feel comfortable working in an environment knowing that that's something that's okay in an organization. I know I would not want to work for someone that Never. allows this to go on. To be a woman in a male-dominated industry is scary enough to go to try to break into that. So this is such a hard industry to get into and to be welcomed with not not with open arms but with inappropriate and offensive text messages and remarks is especially she was foreign like she was visiting our country and that is her vision of what we are now that just it's such a shame he just really used his position for all the wrong reasons in this situation yeah and i I don't care if it was one text or 75 or whatever however many it was it's it's not okay and that it really just shows that he does not have the judgment that he needs to be in such a powerful position you know most of the comments i saw online like circulating about this were discussed but there were a couple that i saw that were like why does his why does this dictate his ability to know the ball game or he knows baseball really well he's been in this industry for 30 years there are tons of other people who know baseball just as well or even better than he does that are just as qualified if not more Mm -hmm. that 
have the discretion and know the difference between right and wrong and how to be a professional. Exactly. Exactly. It's and that deserve the job over him. I'm so happy that they fired him because, I mean, it just – it really is. Like, these are competitive jobs that are hard to get. We've seen it. People work for decades to get these jobs, and they should go to someone who really deserves it and isn't going to abuse their power. Right. Like Kim Ng. It took her 30 years to get the same job that Porter had. And she was searching for this general manager position since 2005, which was the same year that he was hired as an intern. And she just got just. hired by the the Miami Marlins just hired her like literally a few weeks ago. And I mean, she's easily just as qualified, if not more. Mm-hmm. Long overdue justice for the Mets and the MLB. Maddie, I'm going to give a quick little pre like a review of this Mets. They have been kind of plagued with the scandals in that general manager position. Last year, Carlos Beltran, we all know I could go on and on forever about what happened um, with that. But he got the boot um, and and then they they welcomed on Jared Porter, who was just the wrong the wrong move. But even before that. Um, back in 1998, general manager was Steve Phillips. He took a leave of absence after being accused of sexual harassment. He he admitted to uh, consensual sex with a woman, and she filed the suit. It was all filed. It was all settled out of court, and he was away from the team for eight days, and then went on to stay with the Mets for seven years. And the Mets defended him both privately and publicly. I mean, this is 23 years ago almost, and. Yes, this twenty three years. This is twenty three years ago, and times were different. But it was dismissed, is the point, and nobody really mentioned it. And the press didn't talk about it, and whatever, because they said this might derail the team's season. This might derail this man's marriage. This is a guy who went on to work for ESPN. There, he also it was revealed that he was having an affair with a twenty two year old PA at ESPN, and he was later suspended and fired from there. But now he's still working in broadcasting. He's still working in broadcast with SiriusXM. This just goes to show it happened once, it'll happen again. If you dismiss it, it's not going to make the problem go away. It's just exacerbating this issue. And I'm sure there were so many people, so many female reporters who didn't want to work with the Mets, who who felt uncomfortable doing their job because of this general manager. Right. Well, let's end on a more positive note. Um, <laughs> we have we have a little update for you guys who have been listening. The Barstool Fund, still a thing. We talked about our love for Aaron Rodgers earlier in this episode and last week because he donated big bucks to the Barstool Fund. And we have a little update about that. So yes. they've raised even more money, of course. They're up to $27 million at our time of recording this, which is just absolutely insane and so impactful on so many small businesses. But Aaron Rodgers got to bring some good news to one of his favorite small businesses. Yes. Burger Hut in Chico, California got the call. And Aaron Rodgers was in on that call with Portnoy when he made when he um called that couple who own Burger Hut. Aaron Rodgers said, this is my favorite restaurant. I always love to go there when I'm in town. I always make a stop. I had to be on this call. And he really was so inspired by Portnoy and everything he's done. So he came back for a little bit more inspiration. Dude, on that call. their yeah. reaction when they answered the call in the video. I mean, I can't even imagine what my reaction would be if uh, Aaron Rodgers FaceTimed me. The one and only future NFL MVP of 2020, Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Yeah. And the husband on the phone call, the he said – Oh, we get two for the price of one. They get Portnoy, which is cool enough. You're getting Dave Portnoy to call you to tell you they're going to help keep your business afloat during a pandemic. And you have Aaron Rodgers on the call. And he was he was like, shouldn't you be in practice? And he was like, no, we had a short practice today. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Oh, and another thing I want to mention about this Barstool Fund. I saw it's it's just so it's so inspirational. And I saw one of the videos on Twitter the other day. It was Sweet Jordans in Tennessee. They got the call and it was one of my favorite calls. It's a restaurant run by adults with special needs. Jordan, he's 26. He was given a 5% chance to live when his Uh. mom was pregnant with him and he was born with Down syndrome. 
And he says he loves to cook and bake with his mom and dad. So they made this whole bakery. You get your sweets, ice cream, the whole thing. Um, in Tennessee, it's a shop for sweet Jordans. And he says that sweetness comes in all forms, fashions, shapes, oh sizes. Gosh. I know. I'm and then they got the Portnoy was like, this was one of the most inspirational things I've seen. <laughs> and the mother I- said, listen, we help these people out a lot. And we just put the rest in God's hands. So we were, she was saying that she was just at the bank and she needed five grand to pay a bill and she just couldn't do it. She was like, I need a loan. I need a loan. I need something, please. And she says she has a lot of faith in God and he did this and he made this possible. She just, it was, she couldn't even speak. I can't even speak. I can barely speak right now. I know. It's so cute. Sweet Jordans. I, I wish I could go to Tennessee and just buy every single cookie in the store i don't think it's being covered enough by mainstream media the bar is so we, fun. we've been covering it we'll we'll keep giving updates we we'll i mean we're both, we're both super um invested in this story so i we'll really am about it. i'm always sending me and maddie go back and forth on twitter like during the week with the barstool fun stuff it's it's so cool to see they're doing such amazing work more updates to come so next week we're gonna have more for you. We're going to talk about the divisional round. We're going to talk about the teams heading to the Super Bowl and we're going to that's going to all lead up to our Super Bowl episode, which look out for that because we have a lot of things planned for yes. Super Bowl Sunday. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year for a lot of reasons. We'll get into that. <laughs> We've got Maddie's birthday coming up too, so we'll do yeah. some some special stuff for the podcast for Maddie for her birthday. And for well. Super Bowl Sunday because the NFL is my favorite sport. Football, hockey, MLB, I am waiting for it to you guys. It's coming. I'm so ready. NBA. NBA. And college. Like everything. I, like I like to say at the end of every episode, there are gonna be some more amazing women doing some more amazing things this week. And I can't wait yes. to talk about them. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. Like, share, subscribe, send to your friends. Please, please.